Good morning. Um, this is Take a Break. I, I'm Mike Watts. I'm an independent producer, and I'm also the chair of PACT's Children's and Animation Group. Um, in little more than about three, four years, um, our production sector has gone from a position of having no identifiable government support or tax breaks to one in which we now have the animation tax break, which became a reality in 2013. We have the one for video games, which became reality in 2013, 2014. And we now have the new one that covers all the rest of children's programs that, and, and went online in April this year. And on top of that, of course, there's the ones that already exist for feature films and high-end drama. And there are also now ones for stage productions too. So we've gone from a, a famine to an, a, a re really, I mean, not necessarily a feast, but an incredible turnaround. What we're going to do in this session, we're going to find out how the tax credits that exist now are working, um, how producers are finding the application process, what impact the tax credits are having on uh, production and skills. And for those of you that might be interested in actually applying for the live action tax credit, we're going to be giving you, I hope, across this incredible panel, some pointers on the best way to apply. And to take us through the break, we have a what I, I would dub the magnificent seven of, of panelists. Um, at, uh, immediately on my left, we have Christopher Halliday from the BFI, the British Film Institute. Christopher is a senior certification analyst. Next to him are Adrian Maloney and Sonia McCarthy, and they are both direct tax specialists in the creative industries team at HMRC. Next to them, of course, is Ollie Hyatt, who you would all know. He's the creative director of Blue Zoo Animation, and of course, also the co-founder of Animation UK. Next to Ollie is Val Ames, who's the head of production, production at Kindle Entertainment. And next to Val, we have Liz Bryan, who is uh, the head of media tax at Grant Thornton. And at the far end, and last but not least, we have uh, Sarah Joyce, who's the partnership manager at Creative Skillset. Now, the way this session is going to work is essentially each of the, of the panellists is going to have about five minutes either to set out their stall or else to have a sort of dialogue with me. Uh, and then we're going to have a kind of, we're going to broaden out the debate across everybody and then we're going to throw questions out to the floor. Uh, and I'm going to start straight away with asking Christopher to come up and give us a view from, or actually from, not give, come up, just sit there, and to give us a view from the BFI on the application process. Certainly. So, um... Yeah, I work for the BFI Certification Unit, and we are the means to you accessing the creative sector tax reliefs. So to access tax relief, you need to certify your animation program or children's television program as British. Once you've done that, then you can access tax relief with HMRC. Um, I'm just going to give you a brief overview of both the certification of animation and children's television. Um, children's TV certification is now in place. It's been in place since April the 1st, 2015. Uh, we're accepting applications for children's television programs, and we're currently issuing letters of comfort, which is basically telling you that your program is capable of passing the cultural test and you are kind of guaranteed an interim or final certificate once legislation goes through Parliament, um, which has actually now just been confirmed as being the end of July. So at the end of July, you'll be 
able to actually um, obtain your interim and final certificates for children's television programs. Um, so yeah, tax relief is available on all UK expenditure from the 1st of April 2015. Even though we're issuing letters of comfort now, you can still backdate your tax relief claims to April the 1st once you receive your interim or final certificates when legislation comes through. Um, so don't worry about that. Uh, in regards to the animation programme tax relief, that was introduced in April the 1st, 2013. Um, in terms of numbers, I mean, they have gradually been increasing over the years. Um, we've now had over 100 cultural test applications um, under the animation cultural test and six applications as official co-productions. Certification and tax relief are available on, on all sizes of production. There is no minimum expenditure for your production as long as it's intended for broadcast uh, and that does include the internet as well. So that can be any streaming of your animation program. That doesn't include uh, download of an animation. It needs to be streamed on the internet. Um, there's also a minimum threshold expenditure in the UK. That needs to be 10% UK expenditure to, for you to be able to access the tax relief. Uh, your production company needs to be set up before you start any shooting or principal photography. Um, so that's kind of a key thing for us. We, we will, I mean, it's an HMRC requirement, but we will be looking to make sure that you are setting up your production companies properly. Um, you may already have them set up, but if you're setting up an SPV, a special purpose vehicle to run a particular series or program through, you just need to make sure you set that up before you start any shooting or principal photography work. Um, so for mixed media programs, um, if you're kind of wondering which cultural test to go under, if your program or series has at least 51% expenditure or on animation, you will go under the animation cultural test. If you have at least 51% expenditure on live action, you will go under the children's television cultural test. As I said, it's an online application. We are now accepting applications for children's television. Your options are to apply for interim certification. You can do that just before or during production. And with that interim certificate, you can actually claim on tax relief during the production of the animation or children's television program. Then once the program is complete, you will then come to us to apply for a final certificate and you will use that final certificate to claim on any remaining uh, core expenditure with HMRC. Um, so all the tax relief side of things is done through HMRC and we are purely um, assessing your projects for the certification of being British. So that's kind of a, a general overview of the cultural test. I will actually show you quickly the setup of the children's television cultural test. Um, it's a 35-point test. You need 18 points um, to pass the cultural test. And we actually recommend that if you can get 18 points in sections A or B that you stop there because it's only 18 points you need to pass. 
Uh, the cultural test is broken up into four sections. The first section is all to do with the content of the program. So that's to do with characters, setting, whether it's a British European story, um, the underlying material being written by British European nationals, and also the language of the program. Um, and you'll see that there's actually content for undetermined location as well. So you can actually get points in sections A and A1 and A2 for undetermined location. So that's a, a fictional setting that is not clearly set on planet Earth or a country on planet Earth. So it's allowing you to get points for kind of programs that are set in space or a generic location underwater or any generic location really. Um, so that's kind of, that's a big thing really. A lot of people assume that if their program is not kind of set in Britain or Europe and it's set elsewhere uh, and you're not going to get points for that, that you're going to struggle to pass a cultural test. As long as you have a production company, a UK production company set up and it's all being made in the UK, then it's very likely you're going to pass the cultural test. Because there's points in there, as you'll see, for the post-production, all, all the personnel. Um, so as, as long as you're achieving those 18 points, the actual setting is, is not rele uh, relevant sometimes. So, I mean, that is the, uh, the gist of it, really. I mean, any questions you have, just ask me afterwards. Christopher, um, as some producers here do both animation and live action, is there anything you would highlight that's a difference between cultural tests for animation and cultural tests for uh, live action or are they does it I mean the content is very similar uh, the animation test is still assessed as 31 point test and you need 16 of 31 um, but the actual test is very similar it's all to do with whether you have 51% expenditure on animation or 51 expenditure on live action as to which test you go under um, but the cultural test test for children's television the only slight difference is you're getting more points in section c for your um post-production visual effects work um and but they're all very it's very similar how many how long is it when, once somebody once the producers put this into you and they've done their online submission how how many weeks does it normally um we say testing? 28 working days if it's a very straightforward application 16 points 18 points in a then it can be a lot quicker than that so we can push it through maybe two two, three weeks. Fantastic. Okay, I'm now going to hand over to um, Adrian and Sonia from Asian Master. Thanks, Mr. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm here to talk to you about the tax reliefs that HMRC currently administers. We have four main creative industries tax reliefs, with a fifth orchestra tax relief currently in the planning. Each relief is based around the same model, but there are differences between the reliefs, and even within the reliefs, depending on the particular project type. So I would encourage people to uh, be aware of the differences when considering making a claim for one of these reliefs. Today, the intention is to focus on television tax relief, which has been available, as Chris said, in respect of animation and high-end TV dramas and documentary programmes since April 2013, and has been extended to include children's television programmes from April 2015. Commonly, people will refer to as animation tax relief, high-end tax relief, and now children's tax relief, but they're all subsets of the main television tax relief. 
So I'll provide a brief overview of Television Tax Relief, which programmes qualify and how the reliefs work, and then I'll pass over to my colleague Sonia, who will explain how to claim the relief and get your hands on the money, and also she'll provide some details about the take of the relief to date. So, Television Tax Relief. As the slide states, the policy objective is to sustain and grow the production of culturally British programmes in the UK. Uh, it's available to companies otherwise than in partnership that are subject to UK corporation tax and actually produce and deliver qualifying programmes. The relief is, isn't targeted at finances or commissioners, but is clearly of interest to both. There can only be one television production company in respect of a particular programme. If more than one company meets the tax definition of a television production company, the most actively involved company will be deemed to be the television production company for tax purposes. If no company meets the definition, unfortunately no tax relief will be available. In the case of co-productions, the definition is relaxed and a co-producer that makes an effective creative, technical and artistic contribution to the programme can qualify. Television tax relief theoretically allows companies to recoup up to a maximum of 20% of their production costs but the actual amount would typically be a little bit lower than that. Television tax relief isn't available to all programming. It specifically caters for dramas, documentaries, animations and now children's television programmes. As Chris mentioned, animation will include mixed media projects where the, um, at least 51% of the core expenditure on uh, pre-production, principal photography and post-production relates to animation. In terms of ch children's television, the definition of a children's television programme is one where it's expected at the outset that the primary audience for the programme will be under the age of 15. And as has already been mentioned in passing that obviously this is a television tax relief so we'd expect the programmes to be produced to be seen on TV but that does include the internet in terms of streaming. As Chris has outlined, the programmes need to be certified as British and also the programme needs to be um, a programme that isn't on the excluded programmes list within the legislation. So excluded programmes would be such things as advertisements or promotional programmes, news, current affairs or discussion programmes, broadcast of live events, that uh, are given otherwise for the purpose of being filmed, training programmes and so on. Now, if the programme isn't an animation or a children's TV programme, the bar for claiming the relief is, is higher because the slot length needs to be greater than 30 minutes and the average core expenditure per hour of slot length needs to be at least £1 million. Now, on the slide it says at least 10% of core expenditure is UK expenditure. That was, until recently, 25% for uh, programmes where principal photography was completed before the 1st of April of this year. If principal photography hasn't been completed by the 1st of April this year, then that threshold has gone down to 10%. When we refer to core expenditure, we are talking, as I mentioned a, a moment ago, about pre-production principal photography which includes CGI and post-production expenditure. If it doesn't fit into the expenditure doesn't fit into one of those categories, it's non-production expenditure, it's advertising or marketing costs and so on, it won't qualify as core expenditure. 
And when we refer to UK expenditure, what we mean by that is expenditure that is used or consumed within the United Kingdom. So a prime example of this, if you've got an actor or a voice actor and they're providing their services in the UK, then that will qualify as UK expenditure. If they were to provide their services outside of the UK, the fee that you're paying them wouldn't be UK expenditure. The nationality of the individual involved, where the contract and payment is made and so on, is largely irrelevant. What matters is where the service of that individual is provided. For tax purposes, qualifying programmes are treated as separate trades. There are special rules that apply to the calculation of the profits or losses. Tax relief allows companies to claim an additional deduction when calculating the profit or loss and to surrender any loss attributable to that additional deduction in return for a payable credit. Um, the additional deduction is the lesser of 80% of total core expenditure, so you can have up to 20% of activities carried out outside the UK without impacting on the amount of relief that you receive, and the payable tax credit is 25% of the, the loss surrendered. Um, and the tax credit will be paid to the company or its nominee, assuming that the company is up to date with all its other tax affairs. Um, so I'll pass you across now to Sonia to talk a little bit about how to claim the relief. Um, so basically the important bit, how do you get your money? Um, a claim, um, as Adrian explained, comes through a corporation tax return. So um, it can be claimed during the production or at completion or during and at completion. So you can make a number of claims if you want. Um, the claim comes in a corporation tax return. It would come in version two of our software if it was to come in on an accounting period that was before April of this year. If it's an accounting period after April this year, it would be version three of our software. Um, with the claim, you need to submit a copy of your certificate that you'll have got from the BFI. And you need to also provide a list of the um, planned or actual core expenditure. And that needs to show the UK expenditure that's in there as well. Um, you would also need to provide a final certificate upon completion of the um, of the, of the television programme um, with the completion return. And that will be irrespective of whether the claim will, another claim will be made at that point or not. What we would also like to see with the return, it's not a statutory requirement, but we do like to see um, a little bit more detail. So we normally ask um, if you can provide a breakdown of the expenditure as well to show the elements that are non-core and core and the elements that are UK and non-UK. And that just helps us as a team to be able to tie the figures from the return to the claim and understand what you've done and be able to normally process the claim a little bit quicker. Um, we aim to turn around a claim within 28 days from the day it reaches HMRC to the point of coming to our unit and then getting paid out is usually 28 days. That process can be sped up a little bit um, in that when a return is submitted online, sometimes it can take a few days for it to be picked up from our central services and pushed to our team. So what we do ask is if you can send an email to our team um, to say you've submitted a return, and then our admin team can make sure it gets pulled through to our unit a little bit quicker, and it just makes sure that we, we might be able to hit that target a little bit better. We do check a percentage of the claims that come into our unit. Um, Obviously, that's our job to make sure that everything's okay. So sometimes we will come back to you and ask for a little bit more information um, for how you've calculated things, etc. Um, we don't ask that you provide any books or records up front. If we want more information, um, we may come back and ask for that, um, but you just retain that yourselves. Looking at the number of claims we've had to date, um, these are our latest stats. So these are figures that go from April of each year to the March of the following year. 
some of these claims are multiple claims from one company so larger companies might have a number of different productions and therefore they make a number of claims um to give you an idea of the figures um high-end tv has paid out approximately 110 million pound to date since it's been introduced and animations paid out approximately 10 million pounds to date um and roughly we've had around 100 projects within that high-end tv and we've had about 50 animation projects to date so as I mentioned, um, contact information, you can get more information about the reliefs and how they operate and you can access the television manual if you go to the gov.uk website and um, put into the search tab creative industries and it takes you through to our webpage which then pulls through all the different reliefs and gives you some more information. Um, we have a team email address which is the creative industries email address you can see there. So that's the email address we'd like you to send an email to once you submit the return. Um, and there's also a phone number on there. Um, we're a very small team, um, so if you phone that number or you send an email to the inbox, we will um, provide you with advice if you've got questions before you submit a return or you, you're having difficulty knowing which boxes to complete or you're not quite sure what expenditure would be classified as core or non-core. We're more than happy to help, um, but we are a small team, so it is, you know there's only a few of us there, so it is useful if you can. Sometimes an email is a quicker option that we've got a little bit more time to look at it. Phone, sometimes we know we're very busy. But we do try and come back to you as quick as we can. We've also got um, a couple of email addresses um, of our colleagues up in policy. So it's something a little bit more technical that sometimes we'll get referred up to policy level. Um, but we do say usually it's, we're a good starting point and we can address what we can and we'll pass up what we can't address. Um, and I think that's it. Um, one question really for, for both of you. If you had to give one piece of advice to producers entering into this uh, process for the first time or perhaps just continuing to do so what would it be in terms of the, the most useful things for you in terms of receiving their submissions I think the key for us is is when you're submitting your well when you're planning your production consider the tax relief up front which I'm sure many of you will do anyway and building your systems uh, the ability to be able to compute the tax relief you expect to receive in such a way that we can link the figures through from your accounts to your tax computation to any breakdown of the figures that you provide. If we can see the figures clearly and where they've got come from, then that helps us process the claims quickly and get the money out to you. Great. Thank you. Okay, now, um, slightly, in the, Ollie and the rest of the team are not doing slides. We're going to do this slightly differently now. Ollie, you, more than anyone really, have followed this process through from the very beginning. And I believe that you were actually probably one of you, one of your shows was probably the first one of the first uh, animation shows into the application process. How do you find? How did you find it? And, and what does your anecdotal evidence tell you? Other producers are finding it. So um, we've always found it very easy, but that might be because uh, I was involved the whole way through, so I pretty much knew everything I had to do. But it's also a reflection of we're a slightly larger company, so we have um, an accounts team uh, who can hopefully provide the information, they, they might smile at me and laugh that ours was one of the awful ones, but um, hopefully provide the information in the correct way. Where I think it is harder is uh, startups or smaller teams, and I think that's reflected right across um, all, all the different parts of the tax credit, including uh, funding the gap. Um, from a survey I did uh, last year, everybody found uh, the cultural test simple to use. Uh, I haven't had any complaints about that at all uh, on the animation side. I don't know whether it's going to be any harder for live action. And then on 
getting the money. People found it slightly harder than they thought with all the paperwork, but 96% of people found that they got about the amount of money they thought they were going to get. So that's the positive thing. If you put the work in, then you do get what you uh, what you would think you would get. So, yeah, I mean, massively positive. Fantastic. And um, the number of uh, applications that have gone in in terms of reflecting increased animation production, does it more or less kind of fit with what you were looking f to see happen? Yeah, I mean, I remember when I went in to pitch it to George and we showed, we, we said what would happen first of all is all the people that um, are currently get, doing new projects and having to look overseas, I said straight away they'll uh, repatriate and that and that's what happened and then I said after that you'll start getting um, some, depending on it's a competitive environment, we'll get some people coming to do work over here from overseas which is completely unheard, uh, it was, it's never happened for years and years and years in this country. So um, that has started happening as well, we started seeing those coming in um, and then I said after that our industry would be full because we've been quiet for so long that the skills base was lower and there'd be a period of leveling and I think that period of leveling is just creeping in now. I mean, I get emails every day about where we're getting this, this talent from, all that talent. So uh, that's why it's really important with the creative skill set stuff and all the other things uh, people are doing um, to really push the talent through. And then I think we'll see the, the rise ha happen again. All right, good. And, and going back to the point you made there about the size of your company and, and being able, if you like, to be able to make the financial aspects of it kind of make sense in terms of you know, putting in the financial submissions. What observations would you give to live action producers who perhaps don't necessarily have the same sort of uh, size as your company in terms of what they should think about doing in terms of being able to submit? Um, the cultural test I presume they'd have no worries with, but um, the submission is just be, we were talking about it earlier and people just sending in like uh, one line numbers and things. You just, it's just, you've just got to run it professionally as a business. I know when you're in the heat of producing a show on a very tight budget, it's often you know all heads down, but you've, you've really got to keep all your numbers as precise as possible. Uh, not only will it make these guys' lives easier, you're more likely to get the money you think and uh, you're probably more likely actually to get it quicker because these guys aren't going to have to keep phoning you back and forth. So, you know, it's not, it, it's really basic business. And I know I think sometimes as an industry, we, are, we consider ourselves artists and almost, a, you know, that, that comes second, all the paperwork, but it's, you know, it's really important. This is a, you know, it's a big thing to get right. Great, okay. Now, um, I'm now going to move on to Val. I'm going to come back to Ollie in a moment. Um, you were in a session this time last year um, where you were actually making a case uh, for Kindle's position in terms of a couple of live-action comedy dramas and how important a live-action tax credit would make to your business. Now you find yourself in a situation, presumably, where you're actually applying for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's brilliant that it is only a year later that it's in place. Um, I don't think any of us thought it would be, well, I certainly didn't think it would be that quite, quite that quick. <coughs> Um, and I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't have to do all the lobbying and speaking that Ollie had to do to get the animation one in place. Um, so it's fantastic that it's there and it's made an immediate difference to Kindle. Um, we have a project that, that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been greenlit without it. Um, in spite of it being series three of a, a successful show for the BBC, they were unable to cash flow it this year. And, but we had to make it this year because our cast are growing up they aren't available to us for next year for GCSEs and all sorts of problems like that. So it was now or never for us, but the BBC couldn't cash flow it. 
Um, and we knew that neither they, the BBC, or the other two finances involved would increase their amount of money uh, to fund it. So the tax credit meant that we could cover the cost of cash flowing the whole BBC a licence fee as well as the tax credit itself. So we approached the BBC with that suggestion and it was immediately greenlit and we're now in the second week of production on that show. So it's been very, really, really positive, yeah. Brilliant. Um, can I ask you a kind of practical question which sort of applies to both of you actually? Um, is it your intention that what you will do, and maybe you've done this already, is that you'll use the tax credit and, uh, and the, the, the likelihood, the very strong likelihood it's going to happen, and you take your claim to a bank and borrow against that? Or will you just claim for the tax credit at the end of production? Or are you using it as an instrument too in terms of lending? Um, again, it will vary between size of company, but per, uh, personally, uh, on the smaller projects, we've managed to be able to cash flow it ourselves and then just claim at the end because it makes the paperwork a little bit easier for us. Um, on Digby Dragon, which we're doing now, it's a big, expensive show and we'll want to claim intermittently and we can't cash flow that ourselves, so we are going to banks and other organisations trying to get that money, as well as trying to uh, EIS fund and all the regular things yeah um, we've had even as uh, a larger company with some money in the bank a couple of we've had a problem with a couple of banks because I for years have been telling everyone on the cultural test don't bother filling it all in just fill in the first section if you pass it there stop filling it in because you're wasting our time and you're wasting the BFI's time but um, name and shame Barclays as an example of one the bit the biggest one are now saying that that isn't enough for them they don't feel safe if you go for the minimum points because what if you drop a point then then you know they don't because they don't probably understand the industry so my advice now would be if you want to work with a couple of banks lots of banks are running it as usual but if you certain banks aren't so just try and get an extra couple of points maybe I, I don't know I mean that's what we're going to do or do sometimes we like to go for all the points so it's like a badge of honour we've got them all right brownie points yeah, yeah. Brownie points. <laughs> boy scouts okay and, and yes ours is the same I mean we, you know on, on, on the one that we've got commissioned now we have had to go to a bank because we can't we can't cash flow that because it's a 13 13 half hour drama series so it's a fairly substantial budget and the tax credit is fairly substantial and because we also had to cash flow the BBC money which is a the largest part of it we certainly weren't able to do that so we had to go to a bank to do that anyway so we've gone to one that will do both the tax credit and and the BBC money but on smaller ones because we're also uh, are applying or will be applying for an online show of ours which is also for CBBC okay. online only show much smaller budget and that one I suspect we will just do ourselves because it is a lot it's a lot easier and it's a lot cheaper it's expensive borrowing the money you know. all right it's probably a good time to bring in Liz Bryan uh, Liz um, who will lend against the tax credit which institutions and banks would you say typically will do. Uh, there are a number of specialists in the market who do understand um, the creative industries and most of them ha have a history of lending probably against film and high-end and so lending against animation and in due course obviously children's is not going to be a big deal for them. There are a number of banks, um, Barclays and Coots, there are a number of the sort of independent lenders as well and there are also new entrants coming into the market in the last six months. There have been three banks who have expressed interest in moving into the market, Santander and Bank Lumi being two of them um, and the amount that they will advance against the credit will vary depending on the lender but it will be somewhere between 85 and 95% of the expected tax credit payment. 
Can I can I ask? I can bring Chris in on this. Have have you seen? Are there often any instances where perhaps the initial certification has been provided? I'm not saying on a children's or animation. Maybe it's on a feature film or high-end drama, but where certification has been provided, but then subsequently in the point when, for whatever reason, it gets to the paying out of the tax credit, the it's been refused. And and you know, I'm thinking about this in terms of the risk it might represent for a bank or an investor. Um. No, I'm not aware of that. I mean, okay. once you've received certification, um, I mean, HMRC can always can also speak about this, but mm. I mean, once you've got that certificate, as long as you're meeting all the HMRC requirements in terms of the production company and their other requirements, then it's not going to be an issue at all, no. I've seen that in practice. So I would just say it will depend on the facts. So if you apply for an interim certificate and you say you're going to do certain things in certain places and this is what your programme looks like and you get an interim certificate on that basis, that's fine. If you go away and do something completely different that means you can't gain all those tests, then your final certificate won't necessarily come through, which could then obviously endanger the tax credit. So I'm not expecting that to be the case with anyone in this room. Um, there have been instances in the past, particularly around film and television, where that has happened, but I don't see that being a problem for animation. No, obviously, if you're changing the content of your programme from what you've previous, previously told us in the cultural test, then you need to come to us straight away before you make any changes and we can talk you through what the implications would be and how you would get points elsewhere within the test. But, I mean, it's all sortable. So, yeah. Thank you. Good advice. Just, just to yes, Adrian. Line, from HMRC's point of view, the vast majority of the claims we get, as, as all this intimated, you know, we pay out broadly what has been claimed, but there have been instances where we have had to refuse a small number of claims, but largely those are the people who are not doing any of you in this room any favours because they're trying to abuse the relief. Okay. So it that won't be anyone in this room. <laughs> so, if the names here. <laughs> <laughs> so if people, you know, don't seek, you know, use this relief properly for the purposes intended rather than trying to exploit the relief, that's for the good of everyone. If we were to see an increase in those who aren't uh, doing the industry any favours, then, you know, potentially there would be a risk that these reliefs could be withdrawn, which is not what we want. Thank you very much for saying that. Liz, going back to you, um, the intention of this is for programming that must be broadcast. And you obviously, you, you look at all sorts of tax credits, you look at things like video games and stuff like that. Someone asked me the question, which is, can someone apply for an app? So if an app's being produced, does it sit in animation? Would it sit in video games? Or is it not eligible because it's not actually broadcastable as such, it's an app? I think it goes back to what is the app? Because um, obviously some of the reliefs, let's say children's and animation, is for the production of a programme. And an app per se is obviously not the programme itself. So um, I think in terms of children's and animation, it doesn't sit squarely there. However, there are a range of other tax reliefs. So there's, there's a video games development tax relief and also research and development tax relief. And so it's potentially possible that the app development costs could fall under one of those headings. Yeah. Okay. And are you seeing instances of things like this being brought to you? That you are you picking up and stuff like this? Yeah, what we're seeing a lot of is the, the non-linear broadcast um, commissions and developments um, so that's something that's seeing on the increase now not unexpectedly um, given some of the content of the sessions here um, yeah. yeah a bit of audience participation if I may I just wanted to check how many people in the room have actually experienced a tax credit claim bit you know, under animation or one of the other tax reliefs just to get an idea of experience 
So I didn't know if it would be just be helpful, just from mm. my perspective, just to say, <laughs> for those people that haven't, um, you know, I'm an advisor, um, and it's great working with producers, but I'll just give you my top tips, if you like, if you're yeah. a first-timer, early adopters in the children's TV tax credit world. So the folks at BFI and HMRC are absolutely there to help you. Um, you know, it's sign of government support for the creative industries that they are. They're hugely helpful. Um, so do engage with them and don't be scared about doing that. And as a producer, it's your programme. Do take responsibility for it. Don't absolve that to your advisor or somebody else or your mate around the corner who did it last year. Um, because I strongly suggest something like the BFI application. You look at that in advance. You, know, you find out the facts. You run through the test in your own minds before you do anything else. Um, and you actually do the application yourself. And as Ollie will tell you, it's pretty easy to do. Um, but your steps should be, first and foremost, you've got your budget you've got commission great you've probably factored already in there somewhere the tax credit you're thinking that you're going to get a tax credit how much is it worth it's worth really if it's the first time sitting down and investing a little bit of time to work out what the rules are to speak to some people of experience claiming the relief before and talk to these guys um, it is really there for you you will need to decide whether you really can pass the culture test it should be pretty easy but I've seen instances of people making an expectation that they will pass and, and particularly in animation and it's not always that clear um, and then they found they've had to tweak the program a bit in order to get through so do that early on decide whether you're going to do your production in a special purpose vehicle or not do that right at the beginning do not think about it part way down the track because it will be too late and you could jeopardize your tax relief claim so for most cases if it's a small production and you're running your own production company you'll probably decide it's not worth setting up a separate company for and you'll do that as part and parcel of your company if it's a larger production then you might want to consider that particularly because it might make a difference to how quickly you can get your hands on the money from HMRC um, and if you're borrowing against the tax credit and paying interest on that and borrowing cost that will make a huge amount of difference um, and the final thing I think that people should get their heads around is this point around cash and when you actually expect to see the cash so you do have to spend the money before you can see the tax credit so you can get you know you can borrow against it that's fine but you do need to factor in when you when are you going to make that claim don't, you don't have to wait to the end um, how long will it take you to get your you know cost reporting done and then get your claim into HMRC and then allow these guys a bit of time to do the processing to pay you the cash so there are some simple easy wins and when you've been through your first production it will feel so much more familiar and the next ones after that will be much much easier there's a bit of a learning curve first time round. thank you that's brilliant <clears throat> um, now we're going to now move to Sarah who's going to basically explain about creative skill sets role in this because at the point when the animation tax credit became a reality uh, creative skill set started to think about what the impact that was going to have on skills and training. And could you start, Sarah, perhaps by explaining about the nature of the skills levy and how that works and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um, so the um, the skills levy is um, it's a percentage of the UK core spend. Um, so any production that is eligible for UK tax relief, uh, whether film, high-end TV, children's TV now, um, and animation. Um, are all expected by industry peers to contribute to a skills levy and that's 0.5% of the UK core spend. That levy then goes into a central pot which Creative Skillset manages uh, and we work with an industry council to assign that money to specific skills needs for the relevant sector. 
So the money goes directly back to support people that have uh, claimed tax relief and contributed to the levy. And what did you learn in terms of animation, in terms of where there were skills deficits? Because you carried out a survey, didn't you, around all the, all the producers in terms of where people thought there would be gaps? Quite a broad range, actually. Um, I don't have the specific information for animation. Um, I work more broadly with, with TV. My colleague, Helen, who's at the back, um, is our animation partnership manager um, and has been working very closely with Ollie and yeah. the Animation Council on, on those. But it, there's quite a, quite a broad range of skills. Um, it, it was, uh, at the beginning there was a couple that were more in demand, things like storyboarding and some front-end stuff, as you'd expect. And then and cell just, action animators, wasn't well, it? And stuff. Yeah, but then as it's expanded, like everyone just uh, is in there now banging their heads about everything. Yeah. So it's, it's reached that point, um, you know, as you, you were saying earlier with the live action one where people's prices are going up. So it's so important what skill set and our companies do to train yeah. people and paying into that levy. It's so important. Yeah. And there are people that aren't and and they should feel ashamed of themselves because we have to train more people. Yeah. And let's take that now, thank you very much, let's take that now from there to the live action world. Will you conduct a survey on live action or do you already feel that the high-end TV is telling you where the gaps are going to be? Um, I'm getting some lights. The, the, the high-end actually, um, we, we're trying to keep the two, the two very separate, although that there is there is a, a pool where the, where the talent overlaps, um, but we did undertake some research which was published a couple of months ago, and we did talk to children's producers, and there were quite there was quite a broad range of skills they needed, everything from coordinators to writers, series producers, um, so there was quite a quite a breadth. Um, so those are the areas that we'll be focusing on now. Uh, and then we will talk. We will keep on talking to to industry as the tax credit evolves, and hopefully production increases. And we'll see if that demand shifts, and we'll shift our funding accordingly. Um, so, um, in terms of the the introduction of the tax credit, what's um, what the government have done um, since the tax credit was introduced, and they did this two years ago with animation and high end. Um, they gave us money which we could spend on skills for the, to grow the tax break sectors and now we have money for children's TV so I just want to tell you a little bit about the funding that we have got available right now um, so we have a fund called the skills investment fund and that's a co-investment fund of government money and industry money and within that fund there are three strands that you can benefit from so the first is funding for trainees on your production through the Trainee Finder Scheme. We have a database of trainees across a range of grades, UK-wide. Uh, the database sits on Hive, which is a new creative platform, and I would recommend that you take a look at it because it's really great. It's Hive with two eyes. So that's the first funding, trainees. The second is we have grants for companies enabling them to train people in-house and on the job, which we know is really important for industry. And that can support their immediate production needs, or it can develop skills which will support the growth of their business. And finally, we commission training for the benefit of the wider workforce. So that gives people access to training in areas of key industry need at a reduced rate. So the government funding uh, we have is designed to be a catalyst to support growth in the tax break sectors in the short term um, and it's a co-investment so it's predicated on a 50-50 match but please don't be put off by that um, we can work with you the partnership team to help you think about ways that you can raise that money um, we encourage people to work collectively within their sector or even to work across sectors particularly here with games animation 
can work quite well. So please do come and talk to us if you feel that's a, a block for you. So that's the short term. And then the longer term is the commitment to the levy. So we ask that everyone that applies for the tax credit um, contributes to the levy. And we ask everyone from commissioners down to support the levy, to promote it, to talk to their colleagues about it. And I know Ollie's very keen that we kind of name and shame those that don't. This is a collective responsibility. We manage the levy. It's your money. Yeah. So everyone should have an equal, equal contribution and then an equal benefit from it. Here, here. Thank you very, very much. Uh, that was really good place to be able to go to the floor I think now I mean obviously this is a huge subject we've had lots and lots of incredibly useful and valuable contributions here but I imagine there are questions from the floor and I would urge you afterwards to seek out the people on the panel and get to talk to them directly because they're very very willing to do that and they'll be hanging around to do that but questions please first one thank you hi I'm Barbara is, is the actual project evaluated for its merits or is that just not um you mean in terms of the of quality it. of the project yeah, and its yeah. suitability? Is there a no, it, okay. it, it's not. It's not on the basis of a sort of a subjective notion of its, of, of, its, of its greatness or otherwise. <laughs> it's, but it does. It is required, whether it's animation or live action, to pass the British Film Institute's cultural test. Right. And the cultural test is is really about content rather okay. than a observation. Of we all make great shows here in the UK. Exactly. <laughs> you know, of course we why do. Would, why would that be a question? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's. Thank you very is that much. Right? I mean, and in fact, I would suggest have a word with Christopher afterwards or, or have a look at the BFI website because it's, yeah, that, it's very helpful on that, actually. My yes, question. Sarah. Um, personally, I'm interested to see the six co-productions that have gone through. Oh, yeah. I wonder if anyone on the panel has got anything to share about how that worked, what territories are good, and what the, how the process was complicated or simplified. Thank you. Good question. Uh, I, the, actually, these were six in respect of animation, so Ollie, you would know about these ones. I mean, all. And Chris. All co productions that we certify once they receive final certification are listed on our web pages. If it's interim and not complete, it won't be on there. But once it's received final, then we list all cultural test and co production. And in terms of the co production partners and the territories involved? Uh, yeah, we list the territories as well, yeah. And they're generally 50 50? Uh, they vary, completely vary. Um, so, yeah, I but um, from my uh, from my research, we are managing in those co-productions to hold on to more rights now because of the leverage, which is obviously an important thing. Yes, hello. Hi, is the um, the core expenditure is roughly the same as it would be for films? So financing fees don't qualify. Probably, it's, it's the same test. Yeah. And um, production company fees. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things with, with film in terms of the development process, in terms of attracting financing, I think potentially in, I know it's difficult to be general, generalise in these situations, but that work will be done to green light the film and then production will start proper. In the animation industry, for example, there may be a greater amount of work done up front in terms of character builds and so on that are development at that stage, but the way we've decided to operate the relief is if you've carried out work on designing, say, three characters for your animation show, and you use those for the green lighting process, once you've started working, if you take two of those characters forwards, the costs that 
relate to those two characters that were initially classed as development and non-qualifying are reclassified as core because they are actually going into an animation production that's taking place. The character that you've, you've decided, no, we're not proceeding with that because it scares the children or whatever, then that would just be left as development and wouldn't qualify. So although development expenditure in itself is excluded from qualifying for the relief, it may be possible if you take some of that expenditure forward to reclassify it and, and get your relief on it anyway. But broadly, the tests are the same, yes. Mike, could I have just two seconds to yes, talk please. about support? Yes, please. I know there's something you want to say. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, so we've got the tax credit, and that's great. Now, I, the, I look back at the first email I ever sent, which was to the Labour Party when they were in power in, in 2006. So that's when my quest for uh, tax break started. So it's nearly... Uh, 10 years and what I found with Animation UK we've now got a seat at the table so I'm on all sorts of crazy shit I'm on a thing called the sector advisory group uh, metrics subcommittee and you can imagine how fun that is but um, wh what I really wanted to say is I, I have now got uh, tied in to probably what I consider two days a week of doing things and I was the reason the animators aren't here they know all about this but it, what I want people to do so I would need 10 years on what do people want Animation UK to be what do they want me doing? Because I, it's Blue Zoo fund me. Adam and Tom let me do it. Um, I should have a day job. I find here, I come here and I talk to uh, Alison. Now, I should be pitching Alison my show. Instead, I spend half an hour talking about problems uh, animation companies are having with, uh, with procurement. Uh, I, you know, I, from here, I leave and I'm going back to London for one hour meeting with the government to talk about animation to then come back up here. Um, and... On an ongoing basis, I can't do that. Now, what I'm not looking for is for my time to be paid for. I never want that. But if people want to continue to have that level of influence and the seats within all the things I do within BFI, DCMS, uh, all the trips that go around the world, I'd like people to think about what, what they want to do with it and whether uh, it fo folds into pact and we can push uh, more children's influence into things through that or whether there is any way of raising a small amount of funds to have someone that at least can carry out basic admin or do basic research. Because when I ask for your numbers, you're like, you're a competitor, why am I sending you my numbers? Um, so there needs to be a level that I'm removed from that can either make a slightly more professional um, or a slightly bigger thing. It can be whatever you want. Animation QK was set up by the industry for the industry there is now a level of work for me that I can't do so it's not for discussion here but if people want to talk about it there are people that have asked me to set something up and offered money unfortunately we ran out of time obviously we could have carried on for a lot longer we've had I think an, an incredible panel um, Christopher Holiday from uh, BFI Adrian and Sonia from HMRC Ollie Hyatt from Blue Zoo Val Ames from Kindle Liz Bryan from Grant Thornton and Sarah Joyce from Creative Skillset will you please put your hands together and thank you, thank you.